You see, God knows that man by himself will always struggle with temptation of material things. Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sports product lines, including Nebo tools and flashlights, sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby would like your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby. So, in studying this phenomenon of generosity, I found that sometimes even generous people don't know why they are generous or why it's such a good thing to be generous. They just naturally tend to be that way. But did you know that there are lots of very good reasons why we should be generous? First of all, gener- generosity is defined in several ways. Webster says generosity is the habit of giving. Others define it as a willingness to give. I found one definition that said it's the spirit of giving. In all cases, gener- generous people are consistent givers. So the question is, why be generous? Well, the first reason to be generous is because it emulates a characteristic of Christ. Who is more generous than Christ? When he walked this earth and since he lives in us, no one has ever gave more of himself like he did. If we're serious about following Christ, we must be generous. That's enough reason right there to be generous, but there's more. The next reason is because generosity defeats materialism. The word says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It also says that you can't serve both God and money. You see, God knows that man by himself will always struggle with temptation of material things. But by exercising generosity in our lives, we overcome it. By placing the giving to others above our own desires. And another reason is generosity strengthens our faith. It creates a bonding experience with the Lord. The word says your giving proves the reality of your faith. When we give generously and we know we are tapping into principles and promises that God has for us. Things that work in our lives. And finally, generous giving is an investment in today and eternity. The word gives us many references on how giving blesses us in our daily life. It says give generously. And do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. Paul said, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So generosity comes back to us in blessings today. But what is even more exciting is how generosity has benefits that go beyond this life. Our generosity doesn't determine how we get to heaven. Our acceptance of Christ, who died for our sins, does that. But the Lord said, don't store up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures 
in heaven. There's a beautiful story of a, I heard a few years ago of generosity about a young girl who had a, a, a real rare disease. And the only chance to save her was a blood transfusion. And the only good candidate for her was her little five-year-old brother. So when they asked the little boy if he would give his blood, he said, if it will save my sister, I'll do it. So while laying next to his sister during the procedure, the boy started to feel weak and he turned pale. And then he looked at the attending nurse and he said, will I die right away? You see, no one explained to him that he wasn't giving all of his blood and that he would survive. You see, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. So whether you know it or not, your generosity is a great thing. And it's an important quality to develop in our Christian walk. My favorite quote on generosity is this one. The truly generous is the truly wise. And he who loves not others lives unblessed. I want to be wise and I want to be blessed, don't you? What does the church look like to you? Are you on the outside looking in or on the inside looking out? Stay tuned to learn how to be inside as an active and useful part of the body of Christ. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. What's less than two inches big, fully rechargeable, and comes in three sporty colors? It's Nebo Tools Micro Pocket Light. Impossibly bright and unbelievably small, the Micro features six unique light modes, including the 400 lumen turbo mode and three LED color lighting options, red, green, and white light, to accommodate any situation. The Micro is small enough to conceal in your hand or fit on your key ring. This powerful pocket light even comes with a stainless steel necklace chain to keep this light with you wherever you go. Choose red, black, or silver to match your personal style. Find Nebo Tools intensely bright lights and flashlights, including the tiny yet powerful micro pocket light at batteries plus bulbs outlets in hardware stores everywhere and online at NeboTools.com. That's N-E-B-O-Tools.com. Use the promo code Christian Radio and receive a 10% discount on your order at work, home, or play. For the ultimate in flashlights, let Nebo light your way. And now back to On the Bright Side as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. But I have a question for you today. Here it is. What does church look like to you? (laughs) He's got the right answer already, but there's more to my message here. Now, that may sound like a strange question. What does church look like to you? But the reason I'm asking is because Pastor Dan challenged us recently to become what he calls reachers. Do you remember that message? Well, it was a great message and one that I believe that if we take to heart can raise our fellowship to a new level of engaging and embracing our community and even our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I also know that if we are to become reachers, we have to come to grips with what the church of Jesus Christ really is and what it was intended to be. 
So I ask you today, what does church look like to you? Because the way I see it, there are three kinds of people in the world. There are all those people out there. They're lost. They're unsaved. They have other beliefs or they have no beliefs. They are on the outside looking in. They are certainly not the church. Then you have the people who come to church and are believers, but they generally just come on Sunday, and they're looking to be fed the Word in small doses. Now, most of us, if we're honest, have been in this group at some point in our life. But I don't know how to say this other than to just say it. That group is not really the church either. I'm not questioning their salvation or their membership. I'm saying that many people just don't take advantage of all the benefits of God's church. Even though they see church from in here, they are still on the outside looking in. Then you have the people who are fully integrated into the fellowship, the prayers, the sharers, the givers, the workers, the planners, the leaders, the teachers, the helpers. And that's the church. That's who is looking from the inside out. You see, you can't be a reacher until you're a part of the church because you aren't in a position to reach out until you're on the inside. Let me tell you what the first church looked like by giving you just a short example of what it was like to be there. Jesus was the head of the first church, and the rest of his church were those 12 disciples. And if you just read the 5th through 8th chapters of Matthew, just those three chapters, you will see that there was at least seven instances of having church. In what was just a span of a few days, Jesus held a meeting with a multitude of followers, and he preached a long sermon. Then he had a meeting with one man who had leprosy, He preached a 22nd sermon on faith when he encountered a soldier. Then another meeting took place at Peter's house. Another one by the Sea of Galilee. He had one in a boat. And he had one with two guys, some demons, and a herd of pigs. And all of that was no doubt between Sundays. What do you think that church looked like? Well, to me, it would have looked exciting. The 12 disciples made up Jesus' church fellowship. Do you know what they had in common with you and me and what church should look like to us? It's pretty simple. They were living with Jesus. That church experienced the reality of living a moment by moment. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week amazing life with Jesus Christ. And you know something? That church was the training ground for all churches that were to come after. Jesus was busy doing the Father's work. He wasn't wasting any time doing it. He was reaching out to a hurting world. And that's what the church is supposed to look like to us today. A bunch of people living with Jesus. The Word says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, 
so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. What does church look like to you today? Are you on the outside looking in? Or are you on the inside looking out? Jesus wants everyone. Jesus wants everyone, and especially you, on the inside as an active part of the body of Christ. My desire today is to challenge you and to encourage you. Take that step of faith to become an insider in God's church. Don't sit on the sidelines. Don't be an observer. Being a server is where the joy of living for Christ comes from. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. You can be an important part of the body of Christ. And you can help us become a church full of reachers for the glory of God. Do you pray about that today? If you do, I promise you, something really good will happen. In Jesus' name. God had a purpose for Jacob, the son of Isaac. God also has a purpose and a destiny for you. Stay tuned to hear how God made physical contact with Jacob to see what he was made of. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. I love the intense brightness and durability of Nebo Tools flashlights. Listen, my neighbor lost his keys, and I asked if he had checked on the seat of his car. He had, but I handed him my Nebo Tools second-generation Slide King flashlight, and I told him to look again. He found the keys. My neighbor was impressed. This flashlight is so bright, I want one of these, he says. So I ordered him Nebo Tools Second Generation Slide King Flashlight. An amazing high power 500 lumen flashlight, chips on board work light, red light, and red hazard flasher. It's equipped with programmable memory settings for each light mode, has four times adjustable zoom, and it's rechargeable. Find Nebo Tools intensely bright lights and flashlights, including the powerful rechargeable second generation Slide King flashlight at batteries plus bulbs outlets, in hardware stores everywhere, and online at nebotools.com. That's N-E-B-O tools.com. Use the promo code Christian Radio and receive a 10% discount on your order at work, home, or play. For the ultimate in flashlights, let Nebo light your way. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on The Bright Side. A woman went to the doctor and was seen by a new young doctor. And after about four minutes, she burst out of the examining room and ran screaming down the hall. An older doctor stopped her and asked her what the problem was. And she explained. So the older doctor had her sit down and relax before he marched back to confront the young doctor. What's the matter with you, he demanded. Mrs. Terry is 63 years old with four, ch- four grown children and seven grandchildren, and you told her she was pregnant? The young doctor never looked up from his clipboard and asked, does she still have the hiccups? Thanks. All right, well, you try finding some. 
Well, this week, I've been inspired by my wife, who is in the middle of a Bible study about the patriarchs of the Old Testament. And she was fascinated with the story of Jacob, and she was telling me about it. So I listened to her, and I began to read the story myself. And I found that it is indeed an amazing story. And it's one that I'm sure that Pastor Des could spend weeks or months discussing the subject and the significance of the story of Jacob. But there was one thing about the story of Jacob that penetrated me so much that I just couldn't get, my, get, out, get it out of my mind. And that is when God asked Jacob this question. What's your name? So let me give you some quick background on this. Jacob who was the son of Isaac, he was a good man with, let's say, a history of character flaws. And in this story, he was in a mess. He was returning to his homeland, a fairly wealthy guy. He had a large family, and he had a very large herd of animals. And he hears that his brother Esau, who in his youth, Jacob had cheated Esau out of his birthright and his father's blessing. He heard Esau was coming to meet him, and Jacob assumes to kill him. So Jacob devises a plan to give his family the best chance to survive, and then that night he crosses the river to be by himself and ponder his next move. Now here is the amazing part. The word says, so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And as we read on, we learn that it was God himself who had come in the form of a man no stronger than Jacob to confront him. Well, the thing that's interesting to me is that there was no grand entrance here for God. No thunder, no skies opening up, no voices announcing the Lord of Lords had arrived. He didn't even get a complete sentence here. It said, comma, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. You see, God wasn't making a statement to anyone in the world but to Jacob. So he came as a man on equal footing to challenge him, to see what he was made of. Just Jacob, all by himself, without all the deception and gamesmanship that Jacob had become so good at. You see, God had big plans for Jacob. He had a purpose. He had a destiny for him. But he couldn't do anything with him like he was. So he made contact. And in this case, he made physical contact. And God found out what he wanted to know. That Jacob would put up a fight. That he wouldn't run from conflict. He would face up to his own shortcomings. And with God's help, he could overcome them. Well, during the all-night wrestling match... Jacob figured out who he was wrestling with. And at that point, I believe the wrestling was more about Jacob not willing to let God go than anything else. At one point, the word even says, the man, the man said, let me go. It's almost daylight. And Jacob said, I'll not let you go until you bless me. There's more to this story. But that's when this incredible question arrives. That God would ask each one of us in the midst of our struggles, what's your name? 
Who are you? What do you stand for? Who are you going to trust? Who do you belong to? What is your name? Right then and there, before God blessed Jacob, he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Israel, which means he who struggles with God. You know, this story takes place in Genesis, way back in the beginning of things. But what a picture of the character of the God we serve. I mean, he knows that you will have struggles. And he intended it that way. He's not afraid to be challenged. He'll embrace you because he wants you to become an overcomer. He wants you to be everything that you can be in your life. So this really had impact on me this week. What's your testimony today? Are you willing to fight with God to find out who you are? I mean, what an encouraging thing to know that God is willing to wrestle with us so that we can find out who we are and what our purpose is is in Him. So we don't need to be afraid of the struggle. We need to understand that God is on our side. And just like Jacob, if we'll hold on, if we'll refuse to let Him go, our blessing will come. And God will know your name. Not just like Bob. And not just like Steve. But he'll know you as an overcomer in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur and business owner. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at onthebrightside.org or join the discussion on Facebook. You can also call 847-312-8197. This show is brought to you by Nebo Tools. Nebo Tools, N-E-B-O, is the maker of intensely bright lights and flashlights. Relied on by emergency professionals across America. Trusted by many at work, home, or play. Let Nebo light your way. Learn more about Nebo Tools at onthebrightside.org or call 847-312-8197. Pregnant, single, alone. Where does a young woman in this situation turn to for help? Embrace Grace. Does your church stand in the gap for young pregnant women in need of love and support? Embrace Grace. How can a congregation be both pro-life and pro-love? Embrace Grace. Embrace Grace responds with love to women in an unplanned pregnancy. Embrace Grace reaches out with kindness and acceptance and without judgment. Nearly 500 churches offer Embrace Grace, a gospel-centered program designed to help single pregnant moms let go of past hurts and wounds and prepare them spiritually, emotionally, and practically for motherhood. Embrace Grace paves the way for young single women to become spiritually and emotionally healthy parents. Visit EmbraceGrace.com. Or call 817-755-8484 to learn how your church can embrace grace. That's EmbraceGrace.com. Or call 817-755-8484.